shit, shit, shit show. It's a fucking shit show. Shit Welcome show. back to Shit Show Saturday. Today we have Crazy Shit Show Nancy. <laughs> Hi, Andrea. You ready for this? Buckle yeah, up. I guess I'm ready. As ready as I'll ever be or, you know, as I'll I can be, be today. Exactly. Okay. I think I know who you're going to say, but what's your song? What's your song when you're walking in the room? <laughs> I w- I really had to think about this because I could have went old school, but mm-hmm. instead the song that I bring to you is by Billy Strings. Docking. Uh, and it's called Secret. There's no escape, that's just a fact. We're all a dollar short and every one of us is running out of track. And I'm just going to tell you that for me, the whole song means a lot. But the last verse where he says, you blink and life has left you behind. There's no escape, that's just a fact. We're all a dollar short and every one of us is running out of track. Mm-hmm. Little said as soon as mended without a wing a word could fly a thousand miles i'd rather be abandoned or alone just so i could lend my secrets to the wind Mm. um billy he's one of us um if you ever listen to an interview he grew up in a very dysfunctional family Mm -hmm. and he writes about it and that's why i love him I never figured it out until I figured this out. Should we get him on the pod? Yeah, I really think it would be wonderful if you could get Billy Strings on the pod. Do you think he has enough? Does is he like does he have recovery or is it just going to be that shit show? Um, he has recovery. Uh, you can tell from his music, and uh, he's uh, he's a he's in therapy. He, he talks openly about anxiety and his family issues. Okay, so, I'll try to make it. Not a shy guy. He's not a shy guy. Um, I'll try to make it happen for you, shy guy. Oh right. gosh, carbohydrate. This was hard for me too because I am a carb whore for sure. Um, <laughs> but I came up with my end all be all, which would be ice cream, Haagen Dazs, Swiss almond vanilla. Mm, okay so we want the sugar route oh yeah sugar is good that's you know i had to replace all those drugs that i used to do with something mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely um okay uh cheese oh cabot seriously sharp cheddar serious is that really what it's called seriously sharp cheddar yeah it makes your cheeks sweat when you eat it it's so good so good makes your cheeks sweat <laughs> yeah and yep it's so funny me and my stepson used to crack up about it because i'd be like see when you eat it your cheek he's like i get what you mean like it makes you want to wince like it's almost sour it's crazy it's so good try it out try it out okay cheek sweat might be your nickname uh condiment <laughs> <laughs> i've definitely been called worse cheeks, cheeks. <laughs> my condiment condiment would be Ooh, there's a tie, a toss-up tie-up between ketchup and mayonnaise. Ketchup goes on things that are warm. Mayonnaise goes on things that are cold. Okay, what kind of mayonnaise are we talking? Hellman's? Yes. Do they call it? Do they call it best foods there? Yes. So weird, so right? Yes. These are the things that confused me when I moved to Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> so like, bizarre. Yep. 
It's apparently I read a story about it. Something about best foods being bought out by mm-hmm. Hellman's or vice versa. And yeah, it's weird that they didn't just like change the label. I mean, it because obviously best foods label couldn't have looked like those colors. You know what I mean? Like no. best foods must have looked like something else. So why didn't they just do the whole thing? I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. Weird. Weird. There's stuff. nothing worse than like bad mayonnaise oh cheap mayonnaise is no Mm, no or ketchup like there's this one brand that occasionally you'll get in the packets at the um at the airport it's like america something it is like the foulest thing you could ever do yeah it's no good it's no good or that real fan i think you talked about the fancy ketchup yes yeah yuck no No. put some sugar in there or something um, okay, so when did you find out that you were an adult child? I was listening to um, the recovery podcast, the one with the moth, Spencer, and you were on the show. <laughs> yeah, no, he has that really cool yes. lunar rock on his uh, thing. You were on the show. I remember it like perfectly. Um, I was at work and we're allowed to listen to podcasts at work. Um, and I was steaming something to get it ready to go for a studio shoot. And there you were. And I was like, what? And you started asking him laundry list questions. And I was like, holy shit, what is this? And then I just went for a deep dive. I found your podcast. Um, I started listening in to ACOA meetings online on Zoom. Um, eventually, I found one that I really dig, and it's on on Friday mornings. And I, yep, feet first. Uh, yeah, and that was in, like, March of last year, actually. Previous to that, I'd done Al-Anon, and I kind of kicked myself out of Al-Anon. Had some hmm, issues with some of the members. Um, and I just said, you know what? It's really not worth me to get so upset at a meeting. I should be feeling at least mm-hmm. feeling relief from something. And this is not feel- making me have relief. This is stressing me out that these people want me to call them. And I don't want to call them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was it an in-person meeting? Yes, it was in person. Yep. Yep. You should share the um if you still go to that Friday morning group, you should share it in the community so people I need to start like a list of good meetings that people like. It's online. I share yes, I shared it. Nick was asking okay. for me. So I did share it and a couple people said thank you for sharing that. Okay. Okay. So I did share that. Perfect. Because it, yeah, it's a bunch of people from the East Coast mostly, but Sometimes that's yeah, where, where is it based I, out of. I think it's based out of Maryland. Okay. Yeah, it's like 9 a.m. Eastern time. You just randomly found it? Yeah, I started checking out different meetings and I found that one and I found myself just going back to that one and connecting with those people. Like for me, when you go to a meeting, I feel like if you hear what you want, then you should stick with that meeting. Absolutely. 
And there's a couple people in there that I just hear like their serenity and how calm they are and how they react. And I want that. So would you say that you had a bottom that led you into Al-Anon? Probably, yes. Yes, for sure. Um, My husband used to get aggravated with me when he was drinking and he would get in his vehicle and drive off to unknown places not usually bars usually he'd just pack a cooler and go somewhere now in the woods of new hampshire that's kind of easy to do because that's where we lived previous but uh here in cheyenne we're in a city it's not that easy Um, And I would totally lose my shit. I would feel like the, I would feel like everything that I ever knew was just going to end that instant. I would get on the phone. I would call my sister. I would get, you know, just get crazy. I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't read all I could do. Like a good little Al-Anon wife is sit and wait for to hear the car come back in the driveway. And I'm sure if someone had parents who were alcoholics, they would do the same thing. You wait for that gravel to hit the, you know what I mean? The tires and you pray. And if you wake up, I mean, I wouldn't sleep until that person would, you know, until he would come home. And I learned that it's not my, not my business to call him an alcoholic. I learned that now and on. Um, I did learn some good things there. And um, so that drove me to go to meetings and meet some really wonderful people. And also COVID hit. So online meetings came about. So it was really easy to listen into those Al-Anon meetings. And now I see my, this program helps me so much more because it has taught me that I don't need to react. This is his business, not my business. Um, Yesterday, he, I work program every day, especially when it comes to him. And he was getting aggravated about something that really wasn't his concern. And I finally, I just turned to him. I said, you don't have to get all worried about this because it honestly has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Just looked at me like I, uh, (laughs) ah, like, who is this woman? You know, because for me, I didn't know any red flags. Um, you had the guest on, I don't remember if she dated Brian number one or Brian number two. It was Brian number two. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I was freaking, that triggered me because I was like, how did she see all these red flags? You know, shit. I was pissed. I and was like, away. yeah. And walked away alive without losing her life or her car or her home or yeah. After you- two dates, what the hell, what's wrong with her? How did she figure that out? You know, so. (laughs) Well, it's not, we know. I think, I I think it's like, even if we see the red flags, we still wouldn't walk away. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily like that. It's, 
it's like we see them and we're like, come on. Yeah, I'm pretty, in. Pretty I'm in. I can fix your red yeah. lights. I can turn them green. Sold. <laughs> it's horrible. But by listening to you and and by just reading and all, there's so much. There's like Lisa Romano. She's a wealth of knowledge. Um, Barb, Barb Nangle. God, she's helped me put boundaries in place that I never even like a boundary what I didn't even have like my bedroom growing up was like a hallway I'm like the boundaries we have no boundaries so these are great by listening and learning from other people how they handle their stuff I'm learning better ways to handle my stuff the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. That's amazing. Well, I want to circle back to your marriage, but let's get, let's talk about <laughs> your childhood. So do tell. My childhood, youngest of eight. Wow. Irish Catholic family. My oldest brother is 25 years older than me. Holy shit. Holy. Wow. Um, he is still living. Wow. All of them except one is living. My parents died. My mom died when I was 28 and my dad died when I was 24. Four days after my first marriage, my dad died. Ooh, that was a crazy time. Did he walk you down the aisle? Yes, he was able to walk me down the aisle. Was he sick? Um, He had had, he was supposed to go back in for another bypass surgery, but he put it off because he wanted to be okay for the wedding. That's so my mother says, but who knows? Because whatever, I, I don't, you know, there were so many things not shared regarding health issues in my family that, or you didn't know if you're looking for sympathy, well, what's going on here? What's going on? Uh, the line, like, it would be like, okay, well, let me call this one and she'll just spread it to everybody else. You know, um, uh, it was, it was hard growing up like that. And there, so there's five that are the first five that's what they call themselves the first five um and they were great until the last three came along <laughs> and i of course am in the last three um the first five are definitely well this has come to be not true but originally we're all thought to be wonderful and great and us last three were like you know uh why did she have these last three kids? And previous to my brother, Bob, who is four and a half years older than me, she, um, is he the next oldest sibling? No, no. Okay. Um, he's four and a half years older than me. He is successful. He works in New York city. He's worked very hard to be successful. He is a workaholic for sure. He, uh, so Previous to him, she had lost um, our sister, Susie. 
who, who I found out through therapy, that's my inner child. That's my girl. She's my crazy one. She would have been my best friend. Um, there is a brother, the, the middle one of the three. He died from a drug overdose oh. in Denmark. He was 53. So he's three years, about three years older than me, two and a half, three years older than me. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was my deadhead brother. He was also one of my, he was an abuser. He abused me really bad. Mm-hmm. Were your, were your parents very present when you were growing up? No, not at all. I was raised by my sister who was 10 years older than me. Okay. She used to dress me up like a doll and take me out for walks. Yeah. Interesting. And was was did alcohol have a presence in your home growing up no um apparently my memory is not good on well I do remember my parents would go out and drink sometimes on Saturday nights Mm -hmm. very social thing like drinking and dancing and would leave us home with my sister who's 10 years older than me um and uh their parents my okay my father's parents were definitely alcoholics we found when my parents passed away we were cleaning out the house and we found all these um old newspaper clippings of all the times that my grandfather had gotten in trouble for drinking and driving and my grandmother was always with him Mm. and my dad and him had the exact same name and my dad changed his name wow the name yeah so now I know why well after you know because he was his dad was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. um I would definitely say that my dad my dad was angry he was angry growing you know it was like walking eggshells in the house Uh, my house was extremely like children are to be seen not heard but the 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 whole oxymoron is that my mother babysat for other people's kids so when I would come home from school I would become the babysitter for these children that she was watching (laughs) and she would go do other things like not leave the house but laundry um you know cook I mean there were probably at that time there was four kids still living in the house so yeah, it's interesting. My mom's family, my mother's mother came here to America from Czechoslovakia with her cousin when she was 14. And she cleaned houses for wealthy men and apparently had a couple babies with them. My my mom's dad's parents came from the Czech Republic too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we found all those records. Um all we know, my mom, interesting, we don't know much about my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was orphaned by the time wow. she was nine. And she was raised by her sister who was 10 years older than her. Wow. Who was married to an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, because my mother really did not like him at and she married the first guy who came along she uh, got kicked out of high school because she was pregnant and I mean you're talking in the 40s 
Wow. My mom, even but yeah, like the 30s, late 30s. My mom was born in 1923, and my dad was born in 21. My dad was in World War II. Oh wow! Where did did he? Yeah. Where did he um go? He was in the Navy, and he was on a mining ship um in the Pacific Ocean. Wow, that's kind of he never talked about it. Like you'd have to pull teeth. Like yeah. Wow. So they were together. Were they together then when he went over there or afterwards? Oh yeah. They were married and she had a baby, which is my oldest brother Mm -hmm. who lives in Missoula, Montana, Mm -hmm. who doesn't see any of us. (laughs) Yeah. So did you have an understanding as a kid or at what point did you have an understanding that like things weren't normal? Um, I think I knew that things weren't normal from a very young age. Um, My siblings, I mean, were getting married and stuff when I was like three. Mm. Um, My parents, my one sister wanted to go across country in a VW bus with her boyfriend. They made her get married. Uh, or told her she couldn't go unless she got married to this gentleman. And uh, that like threw a monkey wrench in my eldest sister's wedding uh, because she had this big, huge church wedding planned with all the things. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I mean, she was my dad's oldest daughter. She was the prom queen. I mean, she was like, the cheerleader of the family and all standards for any girl behind her were set by her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It, and I just knew I started to really realize that my family was so dysfunctional when she would, my mother would take the side of the perpetrator Mm. rather than the victim. Mm. And, but it took me years to work this shit out in my head. Like, what is going on here? What is going on? Why? And she didn't tell us like, oh, uh, my brother, JV, the one who passed away. She never told, she didn't tell me until I was much older that like he was born breech and he could barely, like they were afraid he would never walk. Wow. Yeah. And like all these crazy things I remember. And my mother, she was like the drugstore. She would give you, she would give you one of her pain pills. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. So no wonder, like we probably became like, oh, there's this little brown bottle of stuff that makes you feel awesome. You know, what happened to it? You know, like, I don't even know to this day what that was, but I'm sure it's something that got me very high when I was very young. <laughs> maybe, maybe some quaaludes. Uh, uh, let's not even talk about those. Yeah, I feel, <laughs> I feel gypped. <laughs> yeah. um, you just be lucky that you're alive because you're not <laughs> because if you like substances um yeah quaaludes are just no (laughs) yeah 
my brother, the one who died, mm -hmm. of course, he had a friend who went to school to be a chemist. What do you think that chemist learned how to make? <laughs> Quaaludes. Of course. Um, yeah, there were some, yeah. My brother is probably responsible for getting many, many, many young adults hooked on many, many, many drugs. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, I had to follow up with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then first husband, alcoholic? Mm-hmm. Yes. He wouldn't come home. I'd go find him at the Govo bar. Uh-huh. The strip club, the gentleman's club. <laughs> How long were you married to him? Uh, less than two years. Oh, wow. Okay. You got out fast. Yeah, I had a cut and run. Mm -hmm. That's when I noticed like the not coming home things mm -hmm. that like would really trigger you. Yeah, really trigger me. Yeah. My mom was like, I grew up in a house where you had to be home for dinner. Mm -hmm. Didn't matter what shape you were in, just show up. Mm -hmm. So. And then how long after that did you meet your current husband? Well, there was one in the middle. Okay, do tell. <laughs> um, I was single for, wow. I married when I was 24. And I didn't get remarried again until I was 34. Yeah, 34, 35. Yeah. Um, so, and I had known, this is my son's dad. Mm -hmm. I had known him since I was uh, 16 or 17 years old. Okay. He was younger than me in high school. He's a victim of, well, I'd say victim, but we're our own victims. Um, he's a victim of my brother's drug abuse. Um, he was a partier. He liked to do those things. Uh, he moved away from New Jersey, moved out to Colorado, lived in Vail. He came back and, uh, you know, got involved in crack. Involved in crack, <laughs> but you know when I met him, he was a new. Red flags, red flags, dance. Where's the red flags? You know, I just didn't have the ability to see them. Um, I married him. We were married. We got, we moved, and then we moved to Northern New Hampshire. Everything was cool. We were fine. He was sober. I was sober. Um. And yeah, we didn't even drink. We like, if we drank, it would be like a beer, you know, or a Zima back in the day of Zima. Zima. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've had that you, before. Yeah. And um, it was like very, very wholesome relationship. Mm -hmm. We moved to Northern New Hampshire. He worked, um, I worked, he worked in the ski industry. He was really a great outdoorsman. He was into rock climbing, skiing, me, me too, mountain biking, all that stuff. Didn't like rock climbing, but hiking. Well, we got married. We had a real nice wedding at a beautiful New England inn. Um, we then, we had my son. Um which I knew going in 
that if I have a child, this is going to change this relationship so much mm. that something is not going to work out. Mm. I knew it. But he really wanted a child. I was 35. Um, so I said, it's now or never, you know, kind of thing. Um, my clock is ticking. Um, it was, I was the perfect pregnant lady, of course, because I'm a people pleaser and I have to be perfect and I can only gain 25 pounds. And (laughs) so I was good. Um, we had Chad perfect. He was it. Well, I was in labor for 36 hours because of I wanted to do it all natural because we're totally drug free. That was hard. I bet. Um, but Chad came, uh, healthy little boy and he changed the dynamics of our relationship. And I honestly could not handle being a wife and a mother. Hmm. So I left. Um, and there were some, there was, it was a violent leaving. Mm. Um, but there were reasons I left other than just not feeling like I could do both. Um, he had gotten back involved with the drug crowd. He found his peeps and left me at home <laughs> with a baby. So I decided that it would be better for me to leave. Mm-hmm. And I ended up pretty much in the beginning having full custody of my son. My ex-husband chased me. I was on my feet carrying a kind of chunky three-year-old. Uh, he chased me in a car. <laughs> Thank God I'll never know who that stranger was who picked me up. But mm. yeah, some dysfunction there for sure. Mm. And then I did the New Hampshire thing. I had so I had friends. I had friends who had left kind of similar situations. Um, yeah, and me and Chad had a really chill, good life. We did lots of things with little money. Um, because you know, before your podcast, I never knew I had a money issue. <laughs> but um. Yeah, all the things. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, so we lived a pretty good life. And then I met my previous husband. Your previous or your current husband? No, my I'm sorry, my current husband. Yeah. Uh, not, ooh, that was a Freudian slip. I'm sorry. No, I <laughs> my current husband had a great job. He checked all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a musician. Very talented, actually. Um, he has two children that are close in age to my son. Um, and, you know, once again, I didn't see all the flags. But um, he's a good time and guy. Um, he can trigger me. He knows how to trigger me. I probably know how to trigger him. Um, you know, pushing people's buttons. We have a good relationship when we're on the same page, when our pages get skewed or, you know, we get mixed up, things get, you know, a little hard. Um, And that's, you know, when the whole, I'm going to get in my car and leave kind of thing happens. (laughs) 
And yeah, so now I worked, I've worked through that and I've become a person who says, stay in your lane. You got to do you use all this time that you've been investing in self-care and self-help and self-love. Use that because I know he loves me and I know we can do this. It's just really hard. Um, because I have totally, I used to kind of drink here and there, or, I mean, when I first met him, yes, I definitely drank, but for the past mm, two years, I, nope, not really, once in a while, the last drink I had was in January, and I just said, you know what, this makes, it makes no sense, it's such a waste of money and time, and it makes me not feel like me and I have to honor myself and I'm learning like hey everybody's not me and I can't judge everybody else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so it's kind of it's interesting I was just talking about this with somebody recently it's like the stain in your own lane but then at the same time it's like at what point are we selling ourselves short or you know what I mean or like at what point are we is what at what point does like staying in our lane actually like equate to enabling? You know what I mean? Thank you. And that's why I think that I had to leave the Al Anon world because I felt that there was something missing. Like there's a puzzle piece here, it's gone. What, what where am I in this? Like, why aren't I as important? And yes, enabling. And they do talk a lot about enabling. Um, but I think you enable people by not setting boundaries with them. Mm-hmm. And I was a boundaryless youth. I've been a boundaryless person for years. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought people could just read my mind or mm-hmm. at least my face, you know, like I, I don't approve of that. Mm-hmm. Um but I think by, for me, um, setting a boundary is really hard, but I noticed, like, I can remember I was tying my shirt up because it's too big and I was tying it into my pants and my husband said something about, oh, are you doing your Daisy Dukes or something? And I was on my way to work. And I just looked at him and I said, please don't say that anymore. I am extremely, anything regarding my body is triggering me. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't said it since. Mm -hmm. What about specific boundaries as it relates to his drinking? I do not allow him to drink in my vehicle and it's hard to like I don't get it you know what is this whole like road soda thing you know (laughs) it's it's a New England thing it really is people go out for rides I mean it's called a it's called an alcoholic thing yeah I guess so (laughs) well I guess I know a lot of alcoholics um yeah, I mean, can't you just wait till you get there? 
Um, and then, yeah, um, we talk about things like when we have to wait online for Billy Strings shows, you can't, you cannot be drinking all day. You just can't. You're not going to make it through the night, you know, and we talk about it. Um, as far as making boundaries, like I said, I'm new at this. So uh, more and more boundaries will come. I think what I do more is make other things to do. Like I'm going to go bike riding or I'm going for a walk or I'm going to go to this art show and I go now. And I used to just be like, oh, this little scared thing. Will you come with me? Now I just go do it. And if he wants to come, well, it's kind of hard to be drunk riding your bicycle, even though I used to do it back in the day. No, but it's not, you know what I mean? It's just, you can't, um, we're old, you know, I'm 56 years old, so I've seen a lot of things and I really try very hard to keep my focus on me and not anybody else I try to do it with my son now yeah, the next thing I was going to bring up for you is just kind of because I know that's something that you talk a lot about in group but my son one of my bottoms uh was my son went missing he was in New Hampshire him and his father got into a fist fight he was a junior in high school and he went missing I called his grandmother's house where he was living because I got a phone call from his counselor at the high school that said, we don't know what that is. Uh, so I called his mother, who his grandmother, who lived right across the street from the high school. And I said, where is my son? And she said, we don't know. We don't know. Oh, let me let you talk to his dad. He's right here. And I did not want to talk to him. Um, and he explained to me how, oh, Chad was beating him up. And duh, it's not even possible. None of these things are even possible. This was drama on the, I mean, the biggest drama I could even come on. I mean, I was like, whatever. Hung up the phone. I contacted a friend. Uh, my friend's son, who these boys had been friends since they were six, seven, eight years old. Um, and Ben found Chad and said, call your mother. <laughs> Meanwhile, I had thrown myself on the floor and I gave it to a higher power. And less... Less than 24 hours later, my son contacted me and let me know he was safe. And he contacted me probably at least once a week, at least. Um, then COVID hit. Uh, where he was staying, they were running out of food and stuff. So I did what any mom will do. I'll feed you. <laughs> Uh, did you not know where he was? I knew he was, well, I, at that point I did No, he was oh. staying. I didn't know the people he was staying with. I sensed you because they came to visit us in Cheyenne. Mm -hmm. And I thanked the dad for letting my son stay with him for as long as he did and not charging him rent or anything, but I would order food for them and they'd go pick it up. 
at the, at the grocery store, you know, because COVID, you could do those things. Mm-hmm. And this way I knew my money wasn't getting spent on drugs yeah. uh-huh. stuff like that. Um, then he moved back here to new to Wyoming and he um, finished high school a year ago. And um, he is, um, he has gotten married within the last month Mm -hmm. and he is going in the Navy the end of this month. Mm -hmm. We did have some struggles finishing high school um, because of a girl. He's definitely, as we've spoke before about, that he is an ACOA. Um, and that's another reason why I'm trying to heal myself, because if I heal me, then I can pass what my knowledge on to him and his children and his wife, Absolutely. you know, and give them a copy of the big red book for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. He, yeah. So we do. Okay. We communicate well. Um, and it it's an interesting dynamic. Okay. So three things that you like about yourself. <sighs> These are hard for me because for so long I didn't like me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I love lyrics from songs <laughs> i do i really I that's the best one you've ever had so far i love that i love lyrics i love lyrics when when you're married to somebody who loves the tempo and the music i love the lyrics i can dissect <laughs> lyrics and like get it, it they're they're so personal you know and like why do i like this song you know so i like that i can do that I like that I can be, I like that I can actually paint and that people actually like my artwork and I never knew I was creative. So that I like. And I also like that I do have a really strong work ethic. I'm a worker, but am I a workaholic? I don't think so. Cause I'd rather be home. <laughs> um, okay. Hope or dream for the future. That was another one I had to think hard about, Andrea, um, because I always put people before me. But a hope or dream for the future is to, I want to continue my healing process. Um, I want to um, spread the word. Maybe someday even get an ACOA meeting in Cheyenne. And I I really would love to get a camper and go and just go everywhere just go everywhere because Wyoming is like everywhere there's so many things here that that you need a camper to go do and Uh yeah yeah well that's all beautiful well I'm so grateful for you and I love having you in the community and thank you for being so honest and sharing everything well, Andrea, you make uh, this community that you have made makes me feel comfortable enough to share. And it helps me with my trust issues, which I've talked about. And I didn't really know that they were shame. And that's what I'm still working on. And I'm going to get through it with the help of all of you people. All of us. <laughs> The shame of you. <laughs> <laughs>